We are back with episode 16. This kind of piggybacks on episode 15. This one is about our dads. So Lynn and Sam and I have very similar dads today. Sam's dad was very different when she was a child, but mine and Lynn's dads were kind of the same. Kind of fascinating. We have the same mom and the same dad. So I thought those were good things to kind of discuss. Um, yeah, so so I hope you enjoy this, especially if you've listened to the mom cat. The mom cast now is a dad cast, right? Um, so enjoy. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're. So we just finished a podcast, like literally just finished, took a pee break and came back. <laughs> um, well, I had to pee. I do too. Yeah, I do too. I, exactly. We, Halston had to pee. It was oh. a pee break. Um, and now I wanted to talk about dads, our dads, because, and I wanted us to do them back to back because we had just finished talking about our moms and clearly they are somewhat related. So we, as if you've listened to the episode about our moms, as you know, we, Lynn, Sam, and I all have the same mom, and Lynn, Sam, and I all have the same dad, which I just find so fascinating. <laughs> I find so, same dad in that. Lynn's dad, what does he do for a living? He's a truck driver. What does your dad do for a living, Sam? Tow truck driver. My dad's a mechanic, also has a tow truck. <laughs> so it's bizarre. My dad also taught diesel engine mechanicking which is what your dad drives exactly and what he works on right bizarre no we we touched in the last podcast that lynn's dad and my dad and lynn's stepmother and my pretty much stepmother are the same human beings also now lance sam's dad doesn't look like our dads (laughs) no but they're the same freaking person. I spend every Halloween with Lance, not to mention other weeks, and I go, I feel like I'm spending this night with my dad. It is so bizarre. So now we had all these crazy moms and all these, well, Lynn and my dads were pretty stable. However, tell me about your dad, Lynn. Let's just start there. And we'll go around the same way we did with the moms. Tell me about your dad. Uh, my dad, pretty low-key. Yeah. Doesn't get too excited about anything. Uh, very loyal. Very loyal. Goes to church. Takes care of my grandmother. Um, very hands-on. He needs to be busy. If he's not busy, he goes stir-crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he comes down. It's a little different now that he's married, but uh, up at like 6 a.m. doesn't understand why no one else is up at 6 a.m. Like sleeping the day away. Mm-hmm. Um just very very low-key salt of the earth would you say yes uh-huh. yes uh i don't mean for simple to be negative but simple very simple yeah, yeah. very yeah. kind of like what you see is what you what get. you see is what you get mm-hmm. and if you can understand them 
more power to mumbler, you. as is my dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Massive mumblers. Bird is like, I cannot understand. My my dad and his brother came out here when we first bought this house and replaced a sliding glass door. And they literally like this. You gonna take that measurement? I'm gonna go over there and measure this part over here. Are you gonna pick that door up and get it? And Bert, I was like, go help him, Bert. And he was like, are you fucking kidding me? They're to- they're doing Jimmy speak. <laughs> I can't understand what either. I didn't know Steve did Jimmy speak too. I'm gonna go sit in there and not understand either of them. Forget it. I'm not helping. And they like, it's such a mumble. And your dad is the same. Yeah. I have to really watch PJ and go. Oh, I got it. But I think I'm the only person in no, our oh, whole group. Oh yeah, you definitely are the only person that can understand PJ yeah. because he's just like my dad. Yeah, mumblers. Okay, explain Lance. Lance is different. Lance is not a mumbler. No, Lance is not a mumbler. No, um, he is. Uh, he is loud, very honest. He, there, he, he's never met a stranger. Yeah, he um, has a heart of gold. He was a drug addict for most of my life, mm-hmm. so very different because um, he was not reliable or around even though I did spend most of my childhood growing up with him did you really I did I didn't know that Mm -hmm. so did he have custody of you yeah he did he did and he was still a drug addict yeah and he's a motorcycle gang guy right yes yeah yeah still in a motorcycle gang yes yeah yeah he's really cool he's really cool I mean he is um he's also amazing very much yeah he is yeah he's an amazing person but he has a lot of skeletons in his closet. What was his drug of choice? Speed. He was a speed freak? Mm-hmm. Really? A tweaker? Mm-hmm. Was he doing meth? I don't know. I'm not sure which one. Well, I don't remember. When you were a child, he wasn't doing meth. Meth wasn't around then, was it? Uh, no, I, th- I'm, I think he was doing, uh, he was just cooking, doing speed. Got it. Yeah. From a very early age, from, I mean, for as long as I can remember, really. What was that like? Uh, it was amazing when he was high. Yeah. It was awful when he wasn't. Oh. Uh, because, you know, you're, when you're high, you're up all night, you're happy, you're in a good mood, everything, you know, everything is great. And then when you come down, you are sleeping all the time, you're angry as fuck. It was a terrible childhood. Roller coaster, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Like I raised my, uh, so he and my mom divorced when I was three, two or three. And then he remarried when I was probably five or six and had my sister with my first stepmom. And I can't remember how long they were married for. And then he remarried and had my brother with my second stepmom. And um, I raised my sister from a very early, I would say I was probably eight or nine maybe even younger than that when I was taking on my sister and she was going with me everywhere that's crazy and then my brother too yeah I was uh and how if she were eight or nine how how old was he was she she was a baby I mean I was carrying her around she was a toddler I I've asked my dad for a time like I was curious about the timeline and he can't remember so how old is she now She's 30. She just turned 30. So if you if you were eight. Yeah. So she would have been probably two. Huh. Can you imagine having a two-year-old? No. When you're eight? 
I yeah. mean, we thought we were having a bad time walking to school by ourselves, <laughs> yeah. Lynn. That's a totally different ball game. If you have a two-year-old on your hip when you're eight, yeah. that's crazy, Sam. Why did you want to have kids? You already I, had kids. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, you know, it just seemed like, I mean, that seemed like it was the just the common at that point in time. That's just what I had been, that was the the way that my life was no i don't think it's bad that you have kids. yeah no i know i just think if i had had a kid from age eight that i had to raise i'd be like fuck everybody i'm raising myself now um well i I moved out when i was 15 and i lived on my own i lived with my high school boyfriend uh for three and a half years from we moved to santa barbara from hermosa beach when i was six 15 and a half 16 so i left and why did you leave um, well, at that point in time, I had moved back to my mom's and she didn't know how to raise a teenager. Mm. So we didn't have a good relationship. Right. And she didn't know how to raise a teenager because she, I didn't live with her my entire life. I went back and forth. I actually went back and forth between the two. It was very ugly custody battles. Like my mom showing up with the police at my dad's door. Child Protective Services were called numerous times. Oh, my God, Sam. This is terrible. Yeah, it was, it was something. It was pretty awful. So maybe I should have a little asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> Our dads are similar now. Now. Now they're similar. Now. That is not my experience of my dad. It sounds like Lynn's experience of her mom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But not my yeah. experience of yeah. either parents. Yeah. That's crazy. My dad will openly talk about it, too, and and, and my dad and I are crazy close. And we, for all the bad, um, we have always been close. He's always been very honest with me. When I was old enough to understand, I knew when there were drugs in the house. Mm -hmm. I just was not his partner in crime, but I I knew what was going on. I was very aware very well aware of what was happening in the house so were his two wives also drug addicts i can't i i think they must have been a little bit but i don't think as bad as him because they did um they did keep the house going they worked right so my dad didn't work during those period lucky lucky lance yeah um i mean he yeah he it was not great so when he would go out on rides would you ever go ride with him Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have... Yeah, I was born on the back of the Harley. Um, We... There was was a long period of time where he... It was he and I only living together. Um, He was still doing drugs. But when he was awake, we'd go for rides. and, And I was kind of part of that. And I didn't want to leave because I was terrified of him. So wait, what? Wait. Um, you didn't want to. I leave? didn't want to leave. Because I didn't want to tell f- my mom. My my mom and my grandma and my great grandmother called Child Protective Services on him numerous times. For what? For drugs. We moved around. I went to three or four different high schools. I mean, schools in sixth grade. We moved houses. We. Um, I was taking care of my siblings. There was some food in the house not a lot of food my great-grandmother sent me money for like clothes and food she would come up she would drive up and um take me to go buy some clothes or buy groceries and um he had a terrible temper he was a very very angry human being so it didn't it did not go well there was some you know verbal abuse 
Like screaming at you yeah. for stuff yeah. that you probably shouldn't have been responsible for in the first place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had a. Te- I remember being in high school and I was. It was testing. It was the end of the school year, and I had to. I had finals, and he. Um, I didn't go to school because I stayed home to babysit my younger sibling. Yeah. It was something. That's You'd never awful, know it Sam. Now. Yeah. I would not have, I mean, I knew Lance had a drug problem and I knew he was in a motorcycle gang. So you can deduce from that that it probably was rough, but that's pretty rough. That's rougher than I deducted. Yeah. Um, That's pretty rough, Sam. So you married someone totally not like your dad other than he rides a Harley. Yes. That's got to be a testament to you in some way, right? Well, yeah, I mean, my I, da, my dad taught me everything that I didn't want to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, nice roadmap. Thanks, Lance. <laughs> Thanks, parents, both of them. I mean, and you know, the thing is, is that the thing about my dad and I, we see my dad once a week at least. Right. I talk to him all the time. Yeah. He, he is my lifeline. I would be devastated if he were gone. Um, that did take a long time. Of course. Because uh, I, there were years I didn't know whether he was alive Mm. when I was not living with him mm-hmm. I didn't he could have been dead for all I knew because he, he wasn't in touch with you because he was in, on drugs yeah he almost he actually did I was living with him it was probably 10 or 11 and um, he was coming down bad and I thought he was going to die like uh, he was on his deathbed it was just the two of us wow yeah that's terrible that's terrible I almost called you Dakota <laughs> that's terrible Sam that's terrible no child should have to deal with that ever no we didn't we didn't have um there were many times we didn't have hot water we didn't have like I had I had my best friend Celeste your yeah. equivalent yeah and uh, she was the family life like they didn't have much but they you know I went to their house and they fed me and helped me do laundry and right did the things that needed to be done right so but child protective services came i don't even know how many times and uh he was able to pull off that everything was fine nothing was going on how did he do that i don't know i don't know that's awful that's crazy yeah and then the summer one summer we went to go see my mom my brother lance and i and um I think I was 14, I was 14 or 15, and it was really bad at that point in time. Um, He was married to his last wife. They got into an an awful fight, they fought all the time, and um, he came out to us and said, came out to Lance and I and said, I just want you guys to know I love you very much. And he went back into their bedroom where they were fighting and we heard a gun go off. And oh my god then he came like running down the hall so we are screaming because we don't know what's happening and he came running down the hall and fled the house left so things were really really awful at that point in time and we i remember going down to my mom's house and saying um that's it you have to call child protective services we're leaving we're not going back this right. time lance didn't want to he was t- he was frightened um, because he had it worse than I did with my dad. And uh, I stood true to, no, this is what's happening, and kind of stood up for Lance and so didn't go the, back. So did the wife shoot at him? 
No, I think my dad shot the gun into the ceiling or something. Jesus Christ. Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. So wonder you can sit upright. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a crazy. I didn't know all that about you and your dad. You know, I don't. He's such a different person now. I mean, he really. He's such a he's, jolly, happy. He is. And he would talk to you about it in a second. I mean, he's like, tell Leanne to do an addict, you know. I know. I would love to be a part. I'm scared. I don't blame you. Um, You know, he is very open and honest. He knows he fucked up. Oh, yeah. He knows that it was not a good situation for me. Um, When I was pregnant with Billy, I knew where he was. He was still on drugs, but I, I said to him, I'm having a baby and you won't be allowed to see that baby. If you're on drugs, I won't, I won't have it around my life. So he got sober. It took him seven years to get completely clean, but he is completely clean and a completely different. I mean, I think he's probably who he was before. Right. Drugs. Bless his heart. Right. For actually being able to do that. Because I think a lot of people at that advanced age, especially if you've been doing drugs for 20 years years or more yeah how hard it would be for your body to just your physical biological body to adjust to not having that especially speed speed is a terrible drug it just tears you apart i mean as are opioids but right but speed is just gnarly that bless his heart it fucks up so much in your body yeah well the lance i know i is very humble and very kind and very approachable. Never meets a stranger. He looks like a guy that's a hell's angel. <laughs> he's got a long gray beard. He's, you know, he's he's covered in tattoos. Covered in tattoos. He all he sometimes wears the leather vest of whatever group he's yeah he's riding with. Yeah. And you look at him and you go, I will never forget when my mother in law met Lance. Oh God. You <laughs> My my mother-in-law is is from the main line in -hmm. Philadelphia. She Mm -hmm. lives in Florida now. She's very put together. She's very professional as as in her career, and she's very put together, like coiffed jewelry, Lily Pulitzer skirt. uh, Looks like she really put some effort in 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 her appearance. And the first time she met Lance, she just kept her hands crossed right around her chest <laughs> and just talked to him with her hands crossed like this and just talked to oh him. She didn't know who he was. And then when he left, I went, that's Dakota's grandfather. And she went, oh, okay. Oh, that's And relaxed because I thought nev- she probably has never in her life <laughs> ever talked to somebody like Lance. He is so specific. Yeah. And oh, the God. gangs don't exist back east like they do here. Yeah. So she did. I'm sure it. her her mind was blown for about five seconds. It was the funniest thing I think. I, I, I wish was, I would have. Because I purposely did not intervene. It was at Colfax. Oh, that's funny. And I purposely oh, awesome. continued a conversation with someone else. <laughs> Poor Gigi. I did it. Sorry, Gigi. I did it on purpose because I wanted to watch these two people from such vastly different backgrounds talk to each other. Yeah. It was fascinating because Gigi was lovely. She was yeah. she was completely appropriate. She just kept her little hands crossed. That's so funny. Right at her chest. I don't know what she was doing. She was protecting her heart or something. Um, I don't know. But I was like, she's uncomfortable. She's yeah. She's out of her element a little bit. 
Well, I because he's definitely out of her element. I, I I'm pretty sure the majority of my friends do not have interactions with people who look like my dad. No, no, and I and none of my kids. It used to embarrass me actually, and I because he just he does he look that's the way he looks. Uh, he's a biker. He's a biker covered he looks in tattoos, like he's, a stereotype. He does. Yeah, he he does. looks like a stereotype. Yeah, and um. It, I it, it really did used to embarrass me, right? Um, because that was not when I moved to my mom's in the South Bay. You know that's normal for like the high desert, Apple Valley, Victorville, Hesperia area, mm-hmm. which is where I spent a lot of my childhood living. Um, but anywhere else, that is not nor- the norm, and no, so no. you know it's he's very it's very clear he's different, but. Everybody loves the shit out of my dad. Oh, yeah. I love your dad. Like, the kids... Like, my kids' friends tell my dad things that they would never tell their parents. Right. He is... Yeah. Because he's he's open. He's open, Mm -hmm. and he's there, and he has no judgment because he has no right to judge anybody or anything. Right. And, you know, they just love him so at some point in time I stopped being embarrassed about it sorry dad if you end up listening to this I'm glad you did because there's nothing to be embarrassed no it's just that that's that wasn't the norm and you know when you're growing up you have a picture of what you would like your family to be and that was not the norm yeah um it's funny because I I can't one of the kids said like something about could you imagine grandma and Grampy being together, <laughs> and they just started laughing because they can't see that they're completely different human beings. Why did right they now. get together? Um, my dad was nineteen and my mom was sixteen when they met, and uh, they met at Magic Mountain. My mom was dropped off at Magic Mountain, and her friends left her. They had no cell phones at that time, so right. her friends left her. She was hanging around some like they used to have concerts or something at Magic Mountain. So she was hanging around there and my dad was there and they started talking and my dad wouldn't leave her. Her friends didn't show up, but my dad wouldn't leave her and said, you know, I'll take you home. And I, I think that my grandmother and my great grandmother were not happy about my dad, um, about them being an item because my dad was, a, was wild. My dad, my dad well, did not have an up, he didn't have a great upbringing himself. Right. So, um, he was he was definitely the wild child rough around the edges little rough around the edges just fearless mm-hmm. I mean, he was gonna he was down to do anything and he wasn't gonna back down ride or die and don't yeah ride or die <laughs> ride and or don't die. fuck with him or anybody around him right or you won't be living. I, I definitely would not yeah <laughs> I would not fuck with him or anybody around him he's ever. very protective yes he seems to be he's a deep lover He's a deep lover. Yeah. Like, everybody's kids are his kids. I believe that. Yeah. I feel like he loves me like a kid. Oh, yeah. And uh, Bert like a kid. Yeah. He's a really sweetheart. Uh, really a sweetheart of a guy. The person I know today. Yeah. The, your childhood sounds absolutely horrific. It was awful. Like, as bad as shitting on a piece of paper was, I'd take that over somebody shooting a gun at somebody else in my house any day. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah. It That's was terrible. Good. It was not good. So you really need to feel in your gut how much you have changed your life. Because I know you probably mentally give yourself credit for not raising your children in the environment you were brought up in. But it's different when you viscerally feel 
in your bones how much you've accomplished by just saying, I refuse those things that I've learned. That's amazing, Sam. I mean, as much as we have, Lynn and I have refused, we had less to refuse, really. We had less to overcome in a certain way, even though everybody's experience is relative, you know, it's all I know. That's really profound. I hope you give yourself credit in a big way for for it. Do you? I don't know if you do. Not really enough. Probably not. I mean, I... There's there was no other choice. I wasn't No, but there is. Oh, I know. Oh, there are lots oh, of I choices. Oh, I know. And this is my weekly conversation with my therapist right. because he's like, "What are you talking about? You did make a choice." You but absolutely to me, did. It's just like, "Well, that's not an option. Only this way is an option." I know, and but that so, is No, that is something that I'm I'm working on because uh it's it is a big ongoing theme in my life. The, you know, the fact that there are choices and you made the choice. totally not do that yeah totally but that's the difference between that i was saying you know my brother lance and i same household it's taking him a long time to get himself together and to get himself over what happened to him and you know the shit lot that he was given the same thing i was talking about with my mom and her brother yeah two kids broken at at the same places and how that you took different made different choices yep totally made different there's this great book called strong at the broken places have you ever read it no but we talked about it oh my and God. i have to get it yeah so for anybody listening i'll put a link on my website it's about kids who grow up with trauma and become successful adults and what they believe causes that to happen it was a really powerful book for me to read because i you know with all the stories we just told in the mom version of this podcast I always thought, but so many people had it so much worse than I did. Can I really say it was traumatic? You know, not really. I mean, can I really say that? And she never, she didn't beat me. Everybody got spanked in the 70s and 80s. But I was never molested. I didn't have someone shooting at somebody in my house. Was it really trauma? It was emo- It was like psychological trauma, right? But that book helped me understand that it was yeah and that the reason and that the choices i made led me to this because i am strong at the broken places and not everybody is it was a really great book for anybody that's had any kind of trauma i'll put a link on my website it was really a great book to read you should read that book it's on my list of books yeah your 80 list of 80 books yeah well my dad was more similar to lynn's dad My dad was just a regular guy, fell in love with his high school sweetheart, got married, had a baby. He thought life was set, like he was done. Um, He would have lived his whole life with my mother on the street, down the street from his mom and dad, which is what his brother and sister did. They all are still the same place. That's what he thought he was doing, you know, and my mother took a sharp left turn <laughs> and left him in the ditch and it took him a long time to get out of the ditch a uh, long long time you know he had a wonderful second wife but they didn't get married until they'd been dating for like eight years what was that Sorry. <laughs> oh <laughs> sound effect from halston um and he just couldn't trust anybody like that again he yeah. was he was so sweet and so in love with my mother that he was devastated. So he just couldn't give himself over to his second wife until she she was like, okay, it's either you do, either we get married or I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And at that point, she was really already gone. And 
you know, he came to me and asked me if I should marry, if he should marry her. And I said, I, you know, I don't know. I think she may already be gone. Oh, you said that to him? Mm -hmm. They got married, right? They got married. They were married for two years and she left. And that, that was like, oh, peeling back the bandaid and putting the gunshot wound again. And it took him a long time to get over that. But he's happy now. And uh, that's great. But, um, you know, the interesting thing to me in my situation is that my dad was never late to pick me up. My dad had me every other weekend and all summer because my parents lived over an hour away from each other. So I couldn't just see him whenever I wanted. So he had, I had two weekends a month and all three months in the summer. When he had me, no one else existed. It was about what can we do this fun? Let's go to the tractor pull. Let's go camping. Let's go fishing. Let's go, you know, there was, it was always about spending time with me because he had two weeks to just be a single guy, right? Yeah. So that was amazing. And I think that relationship was really important when I was young, when I was like seven, eight, nine, ten, before I moved back with him. That was so important. And it's part of the reason that I had enough kind of self-value to go, oh, look at this whole section. My dad really valued that time with me. So it helped me kind of get through the stuff that I felt about my mom. But then when I moved back at 13, I think I, th- I think subconsciously I thought it would just be like that. Like every day's a party. Oh. Every day's a camping trip. Yeah. And it wasn't because this my dad worked I mean he ran a business he worked 10 12 hours a day six days a week and so I did laundry and clean the house and assumed a lot of stuff that maybe a wife would have assumed not in any kind of inappropriate way but in like an adult role the adult other adult in the house that what that person would do and I never resented my dad or felt bad about it, but I think it did change how I viewed my role in things. Like I do all the housework in my relationship now because I did all the housework in my relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand a shared responsibility with some of that stuff because it was not shared with my dad because my dad was not home. You know, if the garbage is going out, I'm taking it out right. because he's at work. And, you know, it also left me to my own devices when I shouldn't have been left to my own devices. And there was nothing else I could do because he's a single dad, you know, and he had to work. So I thought, I think I thought it was going to be camping every day, all about Leanne. And I showed up and I was like, wait a minute, it's very little about Leanne. I mean, the intention was there for it to be all about Leanne, but it wasn't, it was unrealistic. It was completely impossible. I mean, no person could have made me feel the way I thought I was going to feel based on my past experience with my dad, right? Right. So uh, I became very lost in that time period. I got very lost, and I got very into drinking alcohol and lying. I was a perpetual liar. I actually kind of got off on looking my dad in the face and lying to him. And I don't know why really completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've talked to my dad about all of this. So this is no no, no big mystery for Jimmy. Um, I kind of fessed up to the amount of lying I did when I was in my 20s. I was like, I lied to you all the time. And I'm sure it had to have affected him. Be like, oh, my God, all, all these things. You, How dumb am I that I didn't see through a 13-year-old telling me a lie? But... I got really good at it. It was something I had to kind of learn not to do when I got to be an adult. 
mm. to, to stop lying because it's not necessary. I would lie about things that didn't matter. You know, like, did you take the garbage out? Yes. Well, he's going to open the thing and see that uh, right. the garbage has not been right. taken out. Yeah. And so why would you even lie about that? But I did. It was weird. Because you could. Because I think it made me feel uh, in control of things right. that I couldn't control. Deeper things I couldn't, I was not in control of. So that made me feel in control. And sneaking around mm-hmm. and sneaking around and drinking and lying. I'm saying to go, I'm going to Stephanie's house and I'm really going to Jeff's. You know, I was really like that. I was bad with my dad. But I thank God for my dad because he was so stable. And I never doubted that he loved me for exactly who I was, ever. Even when I was behaving badly, I knew he loved me for exactly that, even with the bad behavior. Did you feel that way with PJ? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go around lying. Um, you, you did fuck everybody when you were thirteen. I did, I did. <laughs> I mean, there's a little white lie. But, um, no, for my dad, it was, it was just more of. I didn't have any role models, right? I mean, it was him. He was stable, and he would always take care of me. But he worked nights, right? And so, uh, that time period. I didn't have anyone. And then during the day, he was asleep. Right. And my mom, I mean, granted, my mom was usually passed out. But um, yeah, it was it was just, I left to raise myself. That's very lonely, Lynn. It is. Because I'm the only child. I didn't right. have anyone. So, you know, and I, <laughs> I think about like all this time I'm spending with my kids doing their homework. I'm like, how did I pass school? Right. H- how did I manage to do all this? Right. Well, you didn't have to do as much as they do now. I mean, that's true, too. But. But like I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't get to do a lot of stuff. I didn't have extracurricular activities because there was no yeah. one to take me to it. Yeah. And yeah. so it, there is a lot of sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Very but lonely. I always knew my dad was there. I mean, my dad, you know, when he, he was going to ask Dee to marry him, I said, is this what you want? He goes, oh, she makes me happy. I said, she makes you happy? I'm like, is this what you want? Like, you've been on your, your own for so long. Right. And I said, you know, it, but there was family drama, whatever. And I said, look. It doesn't matter. If she makes you happy and you want to do it, do it. You deserve to be happy. Yeah. You've given up your happiness, your life, for so long for other people. For me, growing up, right. uh, he's taking care of my grandmother now, his mom. I'm like, you've given up your life for all these people. It's okay for you to be happy. Yeah. It's okay for you to want to do this. Right. Because for the longest time, I didn't do that. Right. I was the one taking care of him and everyone then my grandma got sick and I was taking care of her my other grandmother got sick and I was taking care of her that one and it's like you deserve you deserve this time right so you know it's that is hard it is hard but there is very sad and lonely now how did uh how did the dissolution of the relationship with your mom affect your dad was it positive or was it negative or my dad was angry he was he was angry because I think he I mean he was he was upset and angry that I had to go through this and he was upset and angry and, and I think disappointed that he I mean he was he's brought up Catholic even though when he married my mom they became Lutheran and I don't know if it had something to do with she had this prior marriage right and the Catholic Church doesn't always oh, acknowledge divorce gotcha. and whatever um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with that I did, that part's all murky but he was really disappointed he felt like he failed Aww. and so he was not a very happy person no and um, he actually 
he reconnected with it's my godfather but they had been out of connect like disconnected for so long but they somehow got back when i was in college and um i remember one night i called his cell phone because for whatever reason and the police answered oh my god i'm like hello so and i'm at this point now i'm pissed because i I don't understand what's going on i was like let me just talk to my dad they're like he's arrested i'm like who the fuck are you you know because like i just wasn't comprehending what it was because it was so what happened he he got pulled over for drunk driving he got arrested your dad my dad Uh uh-huh he got arrested for drunk driving Mm -hmm. and i was like what the fuck not that i think no i think no i think it's like a, a jackhammer Oh. So it's a jackhammer down the street somewhere. Oh, you know what they're working on? They're working Laurel. on alley. Uh, yeah, oh. on the alley or the street. Okay. Or something. Um, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, not that this is anything anyone should be doing, but it's kid behavior, not parent behavior. Right. And so I'm like, where are you taking him? The police tell me, which was very kind of them. So I, you know, get in my car. I, I was living like 20 minutes away or something. I get in my car. I go, I'm like, gotta go bail my dad out of jail. Oh boy. And um, I go and they're like, he won't be released in the morning. So I'm like, fuck, so I'm already up there. And so I'm like, well, I'm just, I go to my dad's house and my grandma's there because when my parents got a divorce, one of the reasons that my dad was able to get full custody of me, because my mom really wanted it for whatever reason, um, and she said, well, he works nights, so there's no one there to take care of her at night. And my grandma said, well, I'll, I'll just move in. That won't be a problem. I'll move in. And my dad got full custody of me. So then when I went to college, I went and lived in my grandmother's house. My grandmother stayed there because she had now made her life up in right. Fremont where I was from. And so I go, and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, dad's arrested. Got to go pick him up in the morning. Oh boy. And so, you know. And you were in college? I was in college. Mm-hmm. I was in college. And so, you know, there's the disappointment. Like when you realize like your parents are... Make human too. yeah are human yeah exactly mm-hmm. and you know and i was like you know i'm not talking to you you're gonna go in grandma's car i'm gonna go and I have to go pick up your car out of being impounded and like my grandma mm. doesn't know how to drive stick <laughs> so i had to go p- drive it and i was like here and i dropped him off got my car and drove wow drove home i was like I'm, i can't even talk to you right now you know, it, when you realize your parents are human, it's a hard realization sometimes, especially yeah. the parent. I, when I was in therapy in my 20s, my therapist, Dr. Bob, <laughs> Dr. Bob was like, tell me about your parents. And I was like, my mother, blah, my mother, blah, my mother, blah. And he went, talk to me about, talk to me about your dad. And I went, oh, he's awesome. We have a great relationship. And he went, let's start with your dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I said, there's nothing wrong with my dad. I have a great relationship with my dad. And he went, that's usually where there's something going on. And I went, shit. Yeah. So I had to start talking about my dad. And you start realizing how human they are. And especially for me, I had one parent that I could not emotionally connect to, was scared of, and felt threatened by. So I put all of my safety eggs in my daddy basket. Mm-hmm. But if daddy now is not safe, now I it's threatening my survival. Yeah. He actually explained that to me. He said, usually if a kid is traumatized by one parent, they make the other parent godlike. They're like a godlike, larger than life 
perfect person. And when you start breaking that down, because no person is godlike or perfect, then it's it becomes very unsettling for the kid. And that happened for me when we started breaking down my dad, because I was afraid I would get angry or upset with him for things that were not super great, because he's human and yeah. maybe didn't parent every situation perfectly, which who does? But it was really scary for me to start looking at him. And I suffered a tremendous amount of grief about uh, about removing him from his pedestal. I don't know if either of you experienced yeah. that. But when I realized my dad actually walks on this earth with me, I was grief stricken. Uh, and I and I have ebbed and flowed in and out of that my entire adult life. Like when he got together with his current girlfriend, we had some power struggle about who gets time with my dad because it was always me and my daddy against the world right well he his priority has to shift that's natural and that was okay but it wasn't shifting in a way I thought was appropriate I thought it was shifting too far in the other direction so I at a certain we are arguing there's tension with him and his girlfriend is yucky it's yucky from her side it's yucky from my side it's it's just yucky right and then at one point I went wow this is the death of the relationship I have known to this point like I I need to treat this like a death like my relationship with my daddy has to die and we have to grow something new it was it was awful it was like a year and a half of me just being so sad about that yeah um clearly this is nothing like actually losing a parent but it is a transition and when you are so or at least for me i was so connected to this relationship i had with my dad that i didn't know how to be in the world as a person without that connection and and it wasn't even really about him as much as it was about me not knowing how to be in this world without having someone who knew more than me. Like there was a certain point where in certain aspects of life, I passed my dad and I knew more than my dad. And that made me sad Mm -hmm. because he was the one that I always, he knew everything. He had all the right answers. He was, you know, he was the guy to go to. Okay, let her in. Yeah, but she's going to sit with you guys. Is that okay? I know she is. Priscilla, she's so high maintenance. You better sit down quick. She'll take your spot. Um, so did either did either of you have that experience of grief? Like oh, with, yeah. Yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. I mean, it started, started with the arrest where I was like, I'm bailing my dad out of jail. How fucking ridiculous is this? Right. And then, you know, we, I graduated college, went to law school and, you know, he expected me, he, to come home every week and like in law school you can't do that you were studying every week right every weekend every waking moment you were studying and he didn't he didn't understand that right and then you know he really it, we struggled a lot when I got engaged he was like oh you know there's a difference of religion there's this there's that whatever um and you know it's funny because he just got married yeah and he had a big problem with Eric and I living together before we got married. Yeah. Oh, he was living with her for a long time. Yeah. He's never once said, I'm sorry that I put you through that hell. Cause he was, you're ruining your life. You're damaged. Good. You know that all this kind of stuff. And then here he is doing the same thing, but that's not really where it is. Like, you know, I, we were at, 
when we were at Kirsten's for dinner, we had my dad, um, it was like in December or something. And he has his new wife and it's fine. She's lovely, but every person comes with their own baggage. Sure. And um, I, I struggle because here's this other person in his life you know, when, when he comes down, he, like I say, he's 6 a.m. on my couch, bringing the kids down. It's, what are we going to do today? What, what projects do you have? You know, now he shows up at 1130 or at 12. Right. And, you know, and the kids are like, where's grandpa? And I'm like, well, you know, D. And he's like, well, you have to understand these. I'm like, it's not. I don't care about D. Like, that's not what the problem is. The problem is your relationship. Right. Still needs to be fundamentally the same. Right. You still need to make time for your grandchildren. Right. Yes, they're not upset that D's in their life. They're just upset that their their grandpa, as they know, isn't we're not your guys aren't doing the same thing. Has shifted. Yeah. Has, shifted. has totally shifted. They don't understand. Same same with me. I went through the same thing but Priscilla really. But years yeah. prior, right? With my sorry. Sorry for the dog interrupt us. Girls. No nope. now Mona's coming in. Yeah, come on in. Um. So yeah, we did the same thing, but years ago. Yeah, where where this all of a sudden, now. you know, we would go home and and daddy daddy would I would be like, we only come home for two weeks. Like you need to be all about my kids for those two yeah. weeks, and that was a struggle because it wasn't always all about my kids. And I kept going, how could it not be all about my yeah. kids? Right. We don't live here. Yeah, yeah it's only two. These weeks. other grandkids live here all yeah. year. That are Sue's grandkids, and I love that you have this relationship with them. But for these two weeks, it should be my kids, and then go back to them. Yeah, no. And the kids were too young to understand. I mean, Sue's That's grandkids were it. too young to understand, and my kids were too young to understand. Yeah. It's just complicated. It is complicated like my kids are like why doesn't grandpa come down for thanksgiving it's the only holiday that he ever comes down for and he's not coming down now and it's it's heartbreaking for them and it's hard like i like you know we were saying earlier we can deal with a certain amount but when it comes to our kids it's Uh a whole different story and you know d has whatever relationship she has with her her son which is none and i don't i don't know what is going on there and I said you know I don't know because I've asked and no one's told me right help me to understand so I can understand so I can make some sense of it because right right now all I see is you have no she has no relationship with her and our relationship's going downhill right so help me to understand because if I don't my mind works the way it works I'm gonna start (laughs) thinking the worst thing possible and I'm pretty fucking creative yeah I told (laughs) I I, I literally told my dad that sitting on Kirsten's porch I'm like I'm pretty fucking creative so if you don't give me the answers I'll make make them up myself and you don't want that yeah yeah you just tell me what's going on because I feel like she's upset with me and so you're not you're not having a relationship with me or my kids because she's in your ear talking and right. I said, and no offense, but I've kind of seen it happen because her and my aunt don't get along at all. Right. They hate each other. Right. And so now my dad has no relationship with his sister, which right. is really sad because my family is my dad, my aunt, and my grandma. Right. There's only three of us. Right. So I'm trying right now, trying to work that out and trying to figure out how, how to make it all work. How right. to make these four people get along so that I can... I don't feel bad talking to my aunt. I don't feel guilty. Right. So you can have a family. So what you got, what you did years ago with when Sue first came in, I'm doing now with D. Right. And it's very difficult. It is. Part of you. Part of me goes, "Why am I the parent? Oh, mm-hmm. 
Why am I the one that's figuring this out? Yeah, why am I the one that brings this to everyone's attention? Yeah. Why don't you see this? Why do I have to be the only adult in the room? Why am I the bad guy? Yeah, yeah. I have that, that feeling a lot. So now let me ask you this. I'm sorry, Sam. I feel like we're leaving. No, it's fine. But Bert, when my dad comes to town, Bert comes undone because he believes that I take care of my dad in a way that I would never take care of Bert, which is partially true. It's true partially because he's a guest in my home. And it's true partially because subconsciously, I need to keep my daddy happy to keep myself alive, right? So I think about my dad not as a partner, Whereas I think of Bert as a partner, mm-hmm. where I'm like, we're partners, we're right. healthy, this is right. healthy. That old stuff with my dad actually is not healthy, but I don't know how else to be with him because he does, because, because I don't know how else to be. Yeah. Like, this is the way I've always thought. Yeah. Do you want a drink? Do you want something to drink? Would you like to watch the Western Channel when we never watch the Western Channel in this house until he comes here? And Bert's <laughs> like, you would never do that for me. And he's partially right because he fucking lives here. And so he can <laughs> right. make his own goddamn drink, which he keeps going, why don't you ever ask me if right. I want a drink? I'm like, because this is your house. And yeah, you know how I'm being a, a host to my right. dad who's yeah. staying in my house. Which, oh, I believe you did this all the time growing up. And I went, well... Sometimes I did because yeah. I was taught that the women serve the men, and I don't right. really believe that now. Now I just believe he's a guest in my house. And if it were your mother, I would say, would you like something to drink, Gigi? But she never stays in my house, so I don't get to show you that. Right. I would treat other people that way. But I feel like it causes so much drama when my dad comes to town because Bert feels that I treat him differently. And I really didn't think it was that strong until Eric said something to me about you doing the same thing to your dad. And I went, wow, maybe I'm more at fault than I think. Maybe I do take care of my dad in a way that I would never take care of anybody else. What have you to say of that, Lynn Grusin? Uh, well, I guess if you talk to Eric about it, then it's probably true. Um, I think to a certain degree it is. Of yeah. course it is. Like. Yeah. You know, first of all, my dad, when he comes down, he comes down for two days, three days at the most. Like your dad comes down for like a week, a week, which is nice, which is, which is nice. And he stays there. I mean, my dad doesn't no longer stay with us, Um, but he used to, but he used to, but it is, it is a survival. It's like, okay, he's down. I'm happy. You know, the kids are here um, and we just need to kind of get through it. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's just. It's disruptive having well, yeah. my dad here because you do slip back to old patterns. You so fast, so so, so fast. fast. I mean, yeah. you grew up that way. Yeah, you grew up that way. It's hard to to break from that. It um, is, especially when it's it, when it's tied to survival. Yeah, right to fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Like if my dad doesn't show up to pick me up every other weekend, I'm stuck with this yeah. bitch forever. Yeah. And I can't do that. Yeah. So I've got to make sure that my relationship with my dad is square. That was I think my subconscious thinking, maybe consciously too sometimes. But I think it's so deeply ingrained that I'm perhaps taking care of my dad in ways I'm not even aware that yeah. I'm doing it. That Bert sees and goes, what the fuck? What about me? Not to mention that Bert would like to be deemed king of all time and have all of us wait on him hand right. and foot. Yes. Eric is not like that. No, he's not. Which made me think, huh, 
if Eric notices that, it's not for the same reason Bert notices it at my house. Yeah. But Eric doesn't need caring for the way Bert does. He doesn't need someone to wait on him hand and foot. No, like he's low, Bert does. lower maintenance. He's super low maintenance compared to Bert. <laughs> but we used to really, when I went up, when we used to go up there, mm-hmm. We would drive, and the whole 300-whatever-mile trip home was a nightmare. Why? Because I would be so miserable. Oh. So miserable because I'm safe. Like, not that I'm safe here, but, like, I have control here. Right. When I go up there, I'm no longer in control. Right. They are. My dad is. My grandmother is. If I'm not, If I'm not sitting on the couch like their idea of spending time is sitting on the couch doing absolutely fucking nothing watching the western channel watching or the game show network Uh, yeah Um, exactly one of the two (laughs) but you are expected to be sitting there yeah that is how you spend time totally and it drives me nuts it drives eric nuts he is much better much better now Mm -hmm. because he was like a lot like think it like for a long time he felt like he saved me from this um I think Bert thought that too. Yeah. <laughs> know what you mean. And he actually said that once and it's been woo, bad. <laughs> but, um, and, and you know, but to a certain degree, yeah, if it wasn't for him, I would be living in the Bay Area and I would be still working full time, not, you know, whatever, but I'd be still taking care of everyone too. Right, right. Down here, I can't. Right. Which is actually a blessing. Yeah. Same it, with me. Um, but so then I felt guilty. So when he does come down, right. then I'm, I have that guilt. And so I'm super aware and I super got in my way. Same exact scenario. Yeah. My dad said to me one time that it was my fault that I moved out here, that he doesn't get to see his grandkids. Oh, my dad says all the time. Blames me for living so far away. Mm-hmm. He said that to me several times. And I don't think he means to be hurtful. Right. I think he's telling me how he feels. Right? Yeah. That he feels like I've kind of betrayed him you by leaving. Him. Mm-hmm. You abandoned him. But let me tell you something. When I leave that trip in Georgia, I am so exhausted every summer because I am the person that everyone shows yep. up and tells their problems to. Everybody oh, yeah. in my family. Cousins, aunts, everybody. And I end up the whole time down there. It's like it's like I feel like Lucy. The doctor is in five cents, please, for a psychiatrist. And I show up and have to listen to everybody's Mm -hmm. stuff and try to help. And I go, thank God I don't live here. Yeah. Because I I feel like sometimes I'm the only healthy person in the whole family. And they all talk to me about all this stuff. And I don't want that to be about the person that's sitting right there and they're in the other room. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I know. It's crazy. But I do the same thing because I feel guilty. That I t- I moved away, his only child, mm-hmm. and I took his mm-hmm. only two grandkids mm-hmm. are here, and he doesn't get to see his grandkids grow up. He sees all Sue's grandkids grow up every day, but he doesn't get to see mine, so I feel really bad, and I overcompensate when he gets here. Mm-hmm. And then Bert gets pissed because I'm overcompensating, and I can't, I can't figure out how to make everybody happy, which leaves, guess what? me out of the equation who's yeah. the one person yeah. i should be making happy yeah i love it when my daddy comes we enjoy each other's company so much and i don't think i should feel bad about that and i feel terrible about it because it makes bert upset and i feel terrible about it because i don't get to do it all the time with my dad which makes my dad upset so i feel like i'm constantly the cause of upset and disrupt <laughs> in these two men's houses and all i want is to spend time with my dad 
when he comes you know yeah and we enjoy each other's company we do all these projects we have so much fun and then if Bert's here I feel like I have to hide it I feel like I have to hide that I'm enjoying my dad because if I enjoy my dad too much Bert will think well, you don't enjoy me that much. Right. Well, I don't pick up my dad's shoes 18 times in one day <laughs> right. and get fucking pissed about it. You know, I also don't have I'm not married to my dad. I just am super grateful that he gave me the things he gave me. And I genuinely enjoy his company. And I think that's a blessing. But totally. it's hard, right? Yeah, it's really hard. Well, so clearly it's it's a thing. Clearly, it's a thing, and I, I think mean, it's caused by our relationship with course. our mothers, yeah. because then you shift, and dad is God, and you have to keep everything happy with dad Yeah, when to, to survive, right? You clearly didn't have this this path, Sam. Did you? Um, oh, I am petrified to actually deal with my childhood with my dad. Are you? I am. Yeah. Like with your dad or with yourself? Uh, with myself, um, because it would be feeling like a betrayal to my dad because we do have such a great relationship now. Um, okay, so you felt what I felt in my 20s when my therapist said, let's start with your dad. Yes. Okay, I see that. Then that's where you need to work. Yeah. Doesn't it suck? Oh, it You sucks find out ass. where you need to work and you're like, I don't want to work in that place. It's funny because my mom was always so angry with me that I would talk to my dad because my right. dad caused so many issues for so many people in my family. And it infuriated her. How could you have a relationship with him? He's a terrible right. human being. Right. How could you do this? Um, Boy, I bet that rubbed every rhubarb of hers wrong. Everything. Yeah. Right. The, Pissed the, her the, off. The, the, the religious, uh, everything. All of it. Oh. Yeah. My stomach just burned just thinking about it. Oh, yeah. No, it was a point of contention for us always, forever. Well, you know what's interesting about that? My mother talked so much shit about my dad my whole childhood. My dad never said one bad thing about my mother. Neither ever. did mine. Never, right? Never. And I think... I, obviously, I think that was the right thing to do, but it caused me to look at them clearly, right? Mm -hmm. So I could see my, all the shit my mother would talk about my dad. I would wa watch and see what she was saying was true or not. But my dad never saying anything about my mom allowed me to form my own opinion. And then when I would come to him and go, I'm thinking this, he would go, yep, that's exactly right. And for whatever reason, it strengthened my bond with my dad. I think it, him allowing me to trust myself allowed me to trust him more. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, Instead totally. of her just saying, me, 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 me. Totally. Which is what your mom was doing with your dad. I wonder if it somehow. Well, I always think for me, I don't remember if my dad talked about my mom. Probably. Because um, it wasn't a great. It was always, a, it was a battle for my entire child, entire childhood. Um I think for me, my dad would just say, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Mm. And my mom would say, I'm sorry about this one time that this happened. And I'm like, I don't even remember what the fuck you're talking about. Right. You know, instead of like, you're apologizing for something that has no meaning to me. Right. It had meaning to her, obviously. And I'm able to look at it in a different light. But that was always the thing for me is that my dad is just, he's just sorry. And he's not trying to apologize for any one particular thing. He's just sorry. And I can respect that more than you know the 
like I'm sorry for this exact thing that I don't even remember. Like right. so you're not sorry for anything else but this one thing cuz actually this one thing was worse than this one thing. Right. But you don't see it that way. He's accepting full responsibility. He's accepting mm-hmm. full right. responsibility. Well, I didn't know you haven't worked on your stuff with your dad. No, I have that not. That makes a lot of sense to me, Sam Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start working on that shit. And no, I know. here's the thing though. My therapist said to me years ago, something so profound it was profound for me she said the mark of true maturity is being able to hold two feelings at the same time so you can hold the feeling of i'm so grateful for my dad we have a fabulous relationship right now i wouldn't change a thing and i'm really upset about this over here yeah and that that one doesn't affect the other that that's true emotional maturity is what she'd said to me if you can do if you can really do those things like right now i can talk about things about my mom and not be angry at her in the present moment Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah where i can say can you believe she made me shit on a newspaper in the bathroom right and not have that rile up my present day emotion so to me that if you can find a way to do that with your dad, I can't imagine how much healing you would go through because the shit you're talking about with your dad is crazy. It's way worse than my mom. It's way worse than yeah. your mom. And I always thought your mom was the bad. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, I, you got to start working on this <laughs> with your dad. I'm really actually quite upset that I didn't know this. Uh, well, you know, I never told people because um, I'm all about people having their own feelings and making their own story and if they know you know that my dad did all of these things I was afraid that they would look at him differently because well, it's not the person that, that he is yeah. now and so you know it. if you knew that before you may look at him like oh you're not you know you wouldn't be able to see actually who he is not me but other people right yeah no, I not go, you. if I you go. have a relationship with him like this now right then I trust you right that you've worked through whatever that shit is but not only that like you make like I have so much I want to say more respect but admiration that that's where he was and this is where he is now right that's a lot of work and commitment which is awesome it is it is and that amazes me like like I said earlier it amazes me when a parent has been that shitty not making any judgments yeah but has because of their love for their children or their grandchildren whatever it may be they have transformed into something positive that is so amazing and such a gift yeah it is it is i'm I'm incredibly grateful that my kids get to experience him in this form yeah and i think he is too so he won't you know he dated somebody for a while but he really does not he i i think he's maybe subconsciously making up for lost time and just wanting to be there for all the kids i don't think it's subconscious no, I think you're probably right. No, um, it's not subconscious. He's yeah. he's a stellar grandfather. He's a he, he is. is a stellar. They yeah. would be devastated if something happened. If to something him? happened to him, my kids would be devastated if <laughs> yeah. something happened to Everybody him. Everybody would be devastated. He's really special. He is. So you got to hold that and then work on that other shit because that's some trauma. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> deep. I thought yeah. I had shit. Yeah, I ain't got nothing. Yeah, that's bad, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, it's, your mom does not sound nearly... It's interesting how that seems to have affected you more yeah. than this other stuff. Totally. I wonder if you just... I don't know if I should say this on here, but I wonder if it's too hard to look at that. It's a, It's really... I mean, now, now 
sitting in the situation where I am, it's really hard to open up that can of worms with my dad because my mom's gone. Yeah. And um, it's also very hard to, you know, I was thinking about it as we talked about moms in the last podcast to think about all of, to drudge up all of the really awful things that happened between the two of us. Um, You know, I would take those in a heartbeat to have her here one more day. So it's hard to like, bring those two to light and be able to still hold on to the gift that I had at the end and mm-hmm. be angry about what, you know, like I don't want to forget the gift that I had at the end. Totally. And so it's a little bit the same with my dad being able to um, still have him and have that relationship, but really right. have, like, I mean, it's, he, you guys can't see, but I mean, who's listening, but I'm, it's very hard for me to talk about. Totally. Feels very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's so much trauma on both sides. And I have always, I've known for a long time that the majority of it comes from my dad. But it is hard, man, when that's the one you lasso your heart to, to keep you safe at whatever capacity or whatever that means, because clearly you trusted him in a way that you didn't trust your mother. Yeah. Or you felt safe with him, or you felt you could be yourself with him, or you felt seen as who you were. Or something with him that didn't happen with your mother because that's where you put your peanuts. Yeah. Really. Totally. Is with your dad. Same as me, same as Lynn. Yeah. So to threaten that is really scary. Yeah. That's really scary. I wish I had done it a long time ago. I wish I had done it before kids, but I was 23 when I had Billy. It's a lot to, uh, it feels like it's too much to unleash that kind of trauma mm-hmm. and be able to survive taking care of my kids. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a lot, lot to take on. It yeah. is. It's a lot to, yeah, that's a lot. When you have kids as young as yours are. And yeah. you can't say, hey, mom's having a mental breakdown. Right. And that's okay. So <laughs> right. you make your own dinner. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to go have a mental breakdown. You can't. Mimi's what? How old is she? She's six. I mean, I yeah, could with six, Mimi, actually. But... I could with Mimi because she's the oldest one. But I you mean, couldn't do it with Dakota. <laughs> I couldn't do it with Dakota. I mean, no. and part of the problem is, I'm uh, although because, because my grief with my mom and that healing process has been much more public with them I probably could but I really believe uh, you know my dad is willing to talk about many things with my kids and I'm sure he would talk about his lack of parenting skills with them Mm -hmm. but I don't want that to jeopardize the way that anybody looks at him because he's not the same person right and I understand you know so I don't want to hide it from my kids but it's just like they I want them to be old enough to understand that you really are seeing a very different person and your experience is not my experience and vice versa right and that's okay yeah but they're not you know old enough to not be affected by how that would affect me of course because they take that shit on you know they took it on with my mom so yeah of course they do I forgot to ask you this in the last podcast not to bring it back to moms but what do you say to your kids about your mom I say that she has a problem that she's an alcoholic and she's a really good person at heart but because she's still actively drinking I can't have a relationship it's too harmful and how do you think they process that I think Sydney says like whoop 
<laughs> Sydney's like, don't know her, fuck her. <laughs> Basically, that is Sydney. That is. Um, Carter is interesting because he's such a deep thinker. Yes, he is. Yeah. Deep feeler. And feeler. Uh-huh. And so he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He goes, no, I'm sorry for you, mommy. Like, Aww. you know, but I... I know it's going to come out at some random ass time because right. all of this stuff does. Like he, you know, my great aunt passed away like when he was in preschool and like years later he was like talking about it. He was like, is she, was she, did her heart stop first or did her brain stop? You know, like he, yeah. so he's been, and he thought that she, because my idiot family didn't bother to tell me that it was going to be an open casket oh god and so oh carter walks <laughs> right up to it and i was like so then so he has for years he was really struggling with right. they buried her alive oh my mm. god he didn't understand that that she was dead that she oh was dead my god because That's she terrible. he knew that she was dead but he looked and she looked perfectly alive yeah yeah and so but so like but i didn't know that until years later and then he innocently i'm driving through laurel canyon at night out from like the what you know Hollywood or whatever and he like says something in the car and I'm like I mean stop so I don't drive off the road but like, <laughs> like so all this time he thought that you know so I know like it won't come out now but I'm sure it will come out down the line at some point he'll talk to you about he'll it he'll talk to me about it I always told my kids from really little uh, they they asked me when they were really little where my mom was and I was like she has the boo-boo on her brain <laughs> <laughs> and the boo-boo on her brain does not allow her to have like normal relationships so we just don't have one yeah. and then when they met her they were like that was weird and they were six and eight yeah and they were like that was really weird and then they met her again when my her father and my dad's mom passed away within two days of each other and they live in the same basic town they're like five miles from each other so they had back-to-back funerals one day after the next so we went to her dad's funeral and we're so close with her mom you know we see her every summer when we go home and then my mom came to my grandmother's funeral to give my kids a gift (laughs) my mother gave me a speech in the parking lot (laughs) about loyalty sorry and Mm -hmm. respect Mm -hmm. and and my kids when she left my kids were like that was weird (laughs) that was really weird and i went and that's why we don't have a relationship with her that's it so i think now they kind of understand but but i always wonder what they really think like if they think i always because something's wrong with me inherently if they think it's me uh you know because my subconscious believes there's something wrong with me to be rejected yeah by your mom yeah in that capacity by my mom yeah um I'll go into that a lot more when I do that narcissist because it that's what they do. That's what kids of narcissistic parents do. Is right. They go, something must be really deeply broken in me for my parent not to love me or accept me or see me for who I am. So there's part of me that goes, God, I hope they don't think I'm a horrible person because I don't have a relationship with my mom. But it's a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny part. You yeah. Know, just a little self-doubt part um, that shows up. Um I guess the bonus of mine is that my parents were both still around, so they didn't really see that. There Your was, kids? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the kids didn't really, until I said something, and then, you know. Yeah, they were like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't know, and they don't know, they don't really know a life without my dad. Right. So, so lucky that he got himself together and was so able lucky. to do that. You're so lucky 
I, I'm very lucky. Yeah. And Lynn, we're so lucky to have had the dads we had. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I can't even imagine. And you know, when my parents got divorced, it was very atypical for a father to get custody sole custody yeah. of a child right like it didn't matter just moms always got yeah got the thing and i was very lucky and my you know my mom <laughs> she went down and she went to the welfare and she was like he's not paying child support <gasps> and they garnished his wages and they didn't even they didn't even think to ask to see court papers or anything they just garnished his wages so he's no getting, he's getting his thing and so we had to go down to the welfare office and i had to make a sworn statement like hey I've never lived with her. Right. There's no custody. My, my dad has sole custody. I, I've never, I don't even see her. And, um, you know, it was... What a dad. shyster. <laughs> well, I'm sitting... She in, needed her alcohol money. I, I'm sitting in there and I'm, you know, I'm like... And you shouldn't have had to do that. I'm only, I'm like 14 or 15. Like, I'm not, I'm not very, like, you know, old. And I'm like... And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, I'm like, are you going to go after her for Because they, of course, have fronted her the money all this time. I was like, are you going to go after her? They're like, probably not. And I was like, but she lied. Right. She never had custody of me. And here you are, you know, and they had taken some money from, from sure. my dad's account because they can levy that when you're not, when you're not fulfilling your, your yeah. child, you know, um, what do you call it? Your child support. Support. Yeah. Child yeah. support. I have a cousin who's wages are garnished now yeah. for child support so yeah they can take it oh they yeah just take it they take it but they i can't believe they took it without investigating that's back in the day that's back in the day back in the day well they could still take it they took it from my dad like literally i was 30 what yeah they t- they took money out of his account his account for uh back they took it off of his tax maybe his tax return uh for back child support in whatever short period of time that I lived with my mom literally when I was like 30 years old that's crazy yeah it was nuts that's crazy like I have not been a kid in a very long time like, I don't even remember what what period of my life you're collecting right? child support from I didn't know they could do that that's crazy oh yeah well my mom when she was plotting to leave my dad when I was young when they were still living together she took out a bunch of credit cards in my dad's name oh. bought all her appliances furnished her house oh shit and all of the credit cards were jimmy kemp and my dad had to pay them all off oh my gosh that's awful shyster yeah shyster mcshyster i bet your dad did it did he right? he, he did of course he did of yeah course he did he didn't press charges he nope. didn't do it nope he just paid it off no. yeah it's pretty bad. Well, my dad didn't want his employers thinking he didn't pay child support. Well, no. You know? How embarrassing. It was very embarrassing because my dad is like, if he owes you money, he's like, nope, here you go. Like, he does not owe any bills. He, he does not like having outstanding responsibilities. Same. And so, Same like, dad. that was a huge thing. And had it not been any other, if it hadn't been his employer, he, he didn't want his employer to think badly of him, he just would have let it go. And I was like, no, she's uh, no. bullshit. I feel that way too. I'm yeah. like, don't do that. And my dad's the same way. I don't want any conflict. Yeah, no conflict. See, is that, that's oh. similar too. My dad would chop his own arm off than have conflict, conflict. with oh, yeah. somebody. And I go, sometimes you need a little conflict. Sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and go, that's not right. Yeah. And my dad literally would rather chop his arm off yeah. than do that. Yeah. And that frustrates the hell out of me because like my mother, I don't have a hard time fighting. But he does. I, I, I knew your dad was going to be the same way. Yeah. Lance, I would imagine. 
there would be a machete, a sawed off shotgun, a whip, yep, you know, a couple of like a chain with the ball with the spikes on the end. I'd be scared to fight with Lance. I'd be scared if he got mad at me. uh, uh, No, he um, uh, when I was a kid and I lived across he was when I was he was doing drugs my best friend lived across the street from me I was staying the night at her house and um we thought it was a great idea to sneak out of the house even though my dad was awake working on the motorcycle in the garage across the street so we were sneaking out of her window to go to my neighbor's house a boy's house that's right next door to my house but my dad's awake in the garage and um he used to like drive around with a knife on the front of his motorcycle it's his favorite story so no boys would ever <laughs> come anywhere near me oh my because God. he was not afraid to travel with weapon and right. like scare the shit out of them oh, funny. so big biker man and then he has his knife and he's like what are you what are you you're talking to my daughter why how funny what, what's happening yeah yeah no i wouldn't cross him but at the same time he's the he has the biggest heart so i'm like yeah. dad you're not fooling anybody. You're not pulling a <laughs> knife on my 15-year-old boyfriend. I know my, my boyfriend came to pick me up and my dad decided to clean his guns. Uh-huh. Oh, where are you guys going? Just casually. Yeah, like yeah. he was just, you know, yeah. like playing parcheesi. Yeah. But he's cleaning and the guy was scared to death. Yeah. It was just the implication of if you don't bring her back safe, I'm blowing your fucking head yeah. off. And my dad didn't even mention the guns. He just kept cleaning them yeah. in front of this poor guy. Bless his heart. Oh, yeah. no, my dad would not. My dad's like, you're not getting that car if he doesn't open the door. I'm like, nobody, <laughs> nobody does that. Nobody does that, dad. He should. He's like, you are not opening that door. I'm like, okay, then I'm just going to stand here for. I guess I won't be dating. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you don't know about boys in the probably 90s for you, right? Young people. Uh, early 90s. All right. Well, thanks for talking about your moms and your dads. Thank you. It's pretty. uh, It's pretty crazy that the three of us live in such close proximity and have such similar. Similar. I mean, not you for the early dad, but the late dad. (laughs) Very similar, right? Yeah. Um, Few and far between. All right. Or at least that are willing to talk about it. Well, we love our dads. We do. We do. You think PJ will listen to this podcast? I don't know. He sometimes watches Bert's stuff. He does? He does. My yeah. dad listens. Does I love he? you, Daddy. <laughs> um, he listens, yeah. I love my dad. He's coming in a week or so. I'm super oh, excited. Yeah. I have Aww. a list of projects for us to do. He's coming to see. George has a okay. car competition one weekend, right. the following weekend. Isla's in a play, so he's bookending. Oh, nice. He's going to hit both of them. He's such a great guy. He's so sweet, and I just love spending time with him. Um, so I can't wait to see him. Awesome. All right. Thank awesome. you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a 